What I like about Act 2, Scene 3 is I've seen it done several different ways. But you know how we talked about 101 ways to say a Shakespeare line? Yeah. And the emphasis and the emotion changes the nature of the line? That's going to start kicking in pretty heavy here. And so with this one, if you were director, how would you set this scene? Okay? Here it comes. One forty. That's false staff right there. Right there. Come on, guys. I'm staring right at it. Uh, that's funny. Oops. Oh, we gotta we gotta hear the uh, the rhyming couplet again, right? Yes. And true repentance of all your dear offenses. Now, Lords for France, the enterprise whereof shall be to you as us like glorious, since God so graciously hath brought to light this dangerous treason lurking in our way. Cheerly to see. The signs of war advance. It's so good. No king of England, if not king of France. <laughs> okay, act two, scene three. Falstaff is now dead. It did. Where did Henry say we're all going? France, so who's gotta go? Everybody's going, boy's gonna go. Pistol, Mim, Bardolph. Prithee, having a sweet husband, let me bring thee to Staines. No, for my manly heart doth yearn. Bardolph. Be glad. Nim, rouse thy vaunting veins. Boy, bristle thy courage up, for Falstaff is dead. No. And we must yearn for. Would I were with him, where some air he is, either in heaven or in hell. Nay, sure, he's not in hell. He's in Arthur's bosom, as ever a man went to Arthur's bosom. <laughs> He made a finer end and went away in it of any Christian child. Hmm. He parted even just between twelve and one. Even at the turning of the tide. Turning of the tide. For after I saw him fumble with the sheets and play with flowers and smile upon his fingers' ends. I knew there was but one way. Hmm. For his nose was as sharp as a pen. As? And about all the green fields. Now, now, Sir John, quoth I, what man, be a good cheer. So he cried out, God, 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 me of all times. Now I had to comfort him. 
Bet him he should not think of God. I hope there was no need to trouble himself with any such thoughts, yeah? <laughs> He bade me put more clothes on his feet. I put my hand into the bed and felt them. And they were as cold as any stone. Now I fell to his knees. And so upward. So again, just to pause, what's the mood right now? We're sad. He's gone. He died. He cried out for God right before he died. Right? Could this whole thing be done as a joke? Oh, look at this, right? Like, open the, open the page 140 here, the opening lines. No, from my manly heart doth yearn. Bardolph, be blithe. Like, Bardolph, hey, be happy. Rouse thy vaunting veins. Boy, bristle your courage up. He's dead. He's fine. It's almost like, hey, you guys, let's be happy. He's finally dead. <laughs> Could they be saying it like that? Yeah. And then you get this whole, wheresoever he is, right? Heaven or hell. Hostess, ha, sure, he's not in hell. Like, could you say it like that? Which would imply he's where? <laughs> Burning. Right? No, he's in Arthur's. Like, so this whole thing could be done sarcastically. I've seen it that way, where they're almost laughing their way through it. These, neck, these next lines especially, right? He calls women devils incarnate. Although she talks about carnation, so she totally misses it. But basically, Falstaff calls women what? Demons. In the flesh. What? <laughs> what the heck, right? Talks about the whore of Babylon. And, and then you hear in line 40 him say, like, that's all the riches I got in his service. All I got in serving this night was being made fun of the whole time. So look at this guy. But here's Shakespeare ending three plays worth of Falstaff, right? Enemy the Fourth, part one, part two, and then now he's going. But one thing that I think is interesting, I had to just pause here before we finish it up. They're debating what? Where he is. If you take one of the most <coughs> lewd characters in literature, right? He's super funny, super smart, super witty, but I mean he's calling women devils, demons. Right? He's sleep like you heard some of his jokes, right? Joking about going to a whorehouse every fifteen minutes, never paying anybody money back, like all this stuff. Let alone if you had watched him on stage through Henry the Fourth, Part One and Two, what are they debating? Yeah, where is he? Right, heaven or hell? You know what? Normally that wouldn't be a debate, but what was what was Toby so mocking about at the beginning of the play? Oh, let him. Who's at the door? Pfft, let him be the devil if I will. Who cares? Because I've got what? I got faith, so I can do what? whatever I want, right? Why are they debating this? Well, the big debate would be is where does someone like a Falstaff go? Normally, of course he would go to hell, right? Except for the fact that grace covers what? All of your sin. And that's why you have faith alone and Wittenberg and all that's going on. This is the Reformation, right? <laughs> Ken? 
Could someone like a Falstaff end up in heaven? Someone who abuses grace that much, could they end up in heaven? Actually, yeah. Kind of crazy that he has that on stage and watching them debate it. Now, it's kind of a mockery while they're debating it. They get their words all whatever, and but they are talking about it, right? And actually, what's the conclusion? He's where? He's not where? Not hell. He's at Arthur's bosom, Abraham's bosom, right? But, right, like... Something to chew on. Well, how we debate, who we debate is where and why. Remember, if you use their behavior to keep them out of heaven, is that what Jesus does? Not necessarily, although we do get the sheep and the goats. Do you mind hitting the door? Get in the door. Sheep and the goats has to do with behavior, but that's at the core of belief affecting their behavior, which then we're back to the debate, aren't we? Thoughts, questions, or comments? All right. They say cried out the sack. Oh, that he did. And the women. <laughs> that he did not. Yeah, that he did. He said they were devils incarnate. Well, you could never buy a carnation for Car- the gallery, never lie. Carnation. <laughs> He said once the devil would have him about women. Uh. Well, he did in some soul. And all women. <laughs> <laughs> but then he was rheumatic and talked to the whore of Babylon. Do you not remember he saw a flea stick up on Bardolph's nose? He said it was a black soul burning in hell. <laughs> well, the fuel is gone that maintained that fire. That's all the riches I got in his service. Yeah. Shall we shog? Shall we shog? King will be gone from Southampton. One forty-five. Farewell, hostess. I cannot kiss. Well, yeah, it's a little tricky. I see you, Marilyn. the guys going off to war this gives you a taste of the history component of the play like this happens that doesn't it house with me up here Again, it's just sad. She's crying. We got the music and the trumpets, and this is Kenneth Branagh's interpretation. It doesn't work. You got all the lines here, right? He did chop out a few. Did you catch those on page one forty-four and one forty-five? Yeah, the world is pitch and play. Oaths are like straws. Like who cares about our oaths? Hold fast is the only dog, my duck. Therefore, Kevieto be thy counselors. Go clear thy crystals. I love that line, actually. What's he calling her tears? 
go wipe away their tears go clear that crystals and then he turns to his buddies yoke fill in arms like for let us to france like horse leeches my boys to suck to suck the very blood to suck why are they going yeah, to, to pull, to pip pocket the dead people, you know, to glean off of the war. Are they really going to fight for Henry? No, they're pickpockets. They can go get rich off of a war. You guys have seen, anybody here seen Les Mis? This is, yeah, yeah. The Tenardiers right here. What are they doing? They're going around grabbing, they're getting rich off of all the dead people who fought for the other people, right? That's these guys. Fair enough? I have a hunch that the Tenardiers are based off of these types of characters, although they don't have to be, because do they exist in every war all over the place, right? So this whole thing, he chopped that out because to put those lines in there takes away from that somber mood, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's there. Isn't that interesting? You can almost see how this whole thing could be a mockery. They're laughing their way through, like, he's dead, let's go, we're out of here, see ya! And then he's kind of, keep close, I thee command. How's that said? I thee command. I'm just kind of joking. I'm allowed to command you because I'm your husband. Or maybe he's doing what? Hey, keep this place clean. I'll be back in a little bit. Could he be like that? Yeah, you know, like. Uh, who knows French? Anybody in here speak French? What's edu? Yeah, it's not goodbye, see you later. It's goodbye, goodbye. Right, so the, the goodbyes here are like, we're probably gonna die, see ya. Got it? Questions, thoughts, comments? Any cool lit devices that you guys caught? Yes. What do you got? So for oaks or straws. There you go. Yeah, I like that, because it's not oaths are like straws, yeah. oaths what? Are straws, so it's a metaphor, not a simile, so it's direct. Yeah, what do you got, Partain? On 142, the host of um, the blossom is tons of them. So you got nose like a pen, you got a whole bunch. And it, the guys catch the verbal irony. She's like, Why is he calling out for God right before he dies? When actually, that's probably a good thing to do, but she's like, Oh, I told him not to do that. All right, so there's this weird irony, verbal irony there, yeah. So if this seems like a mockery, why is he using like a do? That kind of makes it feel like I'm not going to be back and this is serious. But. Yeah. I mean, we can't get rid of the entirety of the seriousness of this scene, but maybe they're laughing their way through it. I've seen it on stage. And actually, they would either chop a do. You could do that as a director. Or how could you say 101 ways to say a Shakespeare lane? How could you say a do as a mock? I do. See ya. Could you do that? Yeah. Fair enough. In the uh, stage, when I saw it on stage, they had him saying it over his shoulder as he walked off. Oh, I do. Like, I forgot to say goodbye to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm just watching it. It was over at COD, actually. So. But yeah, they laughed their way through the whole thing. They were drinking their way through the whole thing. Yes. Other ones? Cool. I like Arthur's bosom. That cracks me up. <laughs> instead of Abraham's bosom. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we ready to go to France? Let's go to France. Act two, scene four. The uh, chorus will give you a few lines, and then we're going to catch King Charles. Remember, in act two, we're getting all the other characters, plot, subplot, 
whose chin is but enriched with one appealing hair that will not follow these culled and choice-drawn cavaliers to France. How are the French doing? <laughs> Thus comes the English with full power upon us. And more than carefully it us concerns to answer royally in our defenses. Therefore, the Dukes of Berry and of Bretagne, of Brabant and of Orléans shall make forth. And you, Prince Dauphin. My most redoubted father, it is most meet we arm us against the foe. For peace itself should not so dull a kingdom, but that defenses, musters, preparations should be maintained, assembled and collected as were a war and expectation. Therefore, I say, tis meet we all go forth to view the sick and feeble parts of France. And let us do it with no show of fear. No, with no more than if we heard that England were busied with uh, <laughs> a Whitson Morris dance. For my goodly, she is so idly kinged by a vain, giddy, shallow, humorous youth that... Is, is that true? For the past half hour on stage, is that what we saw with Henry? Is that what the audience has seen? Vain, shallow, giddy, humorous youth. That's Henry. Ah, uh, no. This is the dude who sent the tennis balls as a joke. How's he see Henry? He doesn't get it, does he? How's his dad see Henry? Yeah, he's like, you guys, we're screwed. <laughs> they're, they're coming. He's overwhelmed. And little Dauphin is like, oh, ah, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. It's like he's doing a little dance, you know, like whatever. Yeah? Of oh, peace, Prince Dauphin. Shut up. You're too much mistaken in this king. Question, Your Grace, the late ambassadors. Yeah. With what great state he heard their embassy. Yeah, the tennis How balls. well supplied with noble counselors. How modest in exception. Hmm. And with all how terrible in constant resolution. <laughs> Awkward. Well, it is not so, my Lord High Constable. <laughs> Though we think it so, it is no matter. In matters of defense, it is best to weigh the enemy more mighty than he seems. Denial. Think we King Harry strong. <laughs> what? He's like, ah. He's living in total denial. And what did the king just say right to his face? Um, I think he's actually really strong. <laughs> A little tension here between dad and son. Yeah. And princes look you strongly armed to meet him. He is bred out of that bloody strain mm, bloody. that haunted us in our familiar paths. Witness our too much memorable shame when Cressy battle fatally was struck. And all our princes captived by the hand of that black name. Edward, black prince of Wales, This is a stem of that victorious stock. And let us fear the native mightiness and fate of him. How'd <laughs> the pep talk go? <laughs> He's like, 
uh, we should be afraid of him, and he's really strong. <laughs> and he reminds me of the guy who kicked our butts at that other battle. <laughs> Go team! How's, how's it going? <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah. So he's scared, isn't he? Yeah. He's scared. Look at all the leaders. They're like, uh, uh. <laughs> Page 150. Look at him. He's got like a head in his hands. <laughs> like, uh. And Henry sent a message back in response to the tennis balls. Here we go. Another big speech. Ambassadors from Harry, King of England, do crave admittance to your majesty. Go and bring them. He's like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> you see, this chase is hotly followed, friends. Good, my sovereign. Take up the English sword and let them know of what a monarchy you have ahead. Self-love, my liege, is not so vile a sin as self-neglecting. <coughs> I want to stop it too much, but that line intrigues me. Love your neighbor as your... So is self-love even a sin? No. But is self-neglect a sin? I don't know, I just I don't even know what to do with that line. It's so complex, right? Yeah, we got that. That's... We had to pause on it. That's what's called an oxymoron, like the sentence there. Like you're putting these two things next to each other that don't normally go by each other, loving each other, and then a sin and self-neglect. I don't know. Dauphin, he's a complex little character here. We ready for Henry? Uh, Henry's messenger. So what did this dude send to Henry? The tennis ball joke, right? The potty mouth joke. Watch what Henry sends in response. <laughs> Everybody needs an Uncle Exeter. <laughs> it's like Musso in a suit of armor. <laughs> From our brother, England. From him. And does he greet your majesty? He wills you, in the name of God Almighty, that you divest yourself and lay apart the borrowed glories that by gift of heaven, Borrow. by law of nature and of nations, belongs to him and to his heirs, namely, the crown. <laughs> what did you say? Give you the crown. Yeah, you got that crown you've been wearing for a little while? We kind of let you borrow it. We want it back. Oh, is this a joke? Uh, these dudes wearing a suit of armor. Willing you overlook this pedigree. And when you find him evenly derived from his most famed of famous ancestors, Edward III, he bids you then resign your crown and kingdom, indirectly held from him. 152. The native and true challenger. Or else what follows? Bloody constraint. But if you hide the crown, even in your hearts, there will he rake for it. Therefore, in fierce tempest is he coming, in thunder and in earthquake, like a Jove. But if requiring fail, he will compel. 
This is his claim, his threatening, and my message. <laughs> Unless the dolphin be in presence here. <laughs> what did he just call him? A dolphin. <laughs> I love that. Unless the dolphin's around here. <laughs> Holy cow. When, he's, when we picture rake, don't picture a leaf rake. You need to picture a pitchfork. If you hide that crown in your heart, we'll get out a pitchfork and dig it out of your heart. <laughs> How'd the message go? Expressly, I bring Jove is the god of the, the, the main Greek god, or Roman god. Roman god? Joe. Yeah. yeah, Roman God. He's like the head top dude. He's like the Zeus. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yep. For the Dauphin. I stand here for him. Yeah. Look at this. What to him from England? Uh. Scorn and defiance. <laughs> Slight regard. Slight regard. Contempt. <laughs> And anything that might not misbecome the mighty sender of the prize. So good. Thus says my king. Say, if my father render fair return, it is against my will, for I desire nothing but odds with England. And to that end, as matching to his youth and vanity, I did present him with the Paris balls. You make your Paris Louvre shake for it. <laughs> you should. You'll find a difference. As we, his subjects, have been wonderful between the promise of his greener days and these he masters now. Tomorrow shall you know our mind at full. <laughs> How'd that go? A little different than the tennis ball scene? Yeah. yeah. Henry is the vain, giddy youth just dancing around? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Whew. He should have said, like, a tennis racket. He should have. A tennis racket would have been funny. Or, like, flick a tennis ball in his face. You know, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's below Henry. I love that. So, uh, hey, I sent the tennis balls. Anything from Henry to me? Oh, yeah, Dolphin. Um, he sends scorn, slight regard, defiance, and pretty much anything that won't make Henry look bad. <laughs> Holy cow. Like the perfect comeback. Onward and upward. One quick thing that most of us miss, which is totally normal and natural, but it's what we can catch when we look at the lines. Everybody go to line 90, page 2 or 151, line 90. You know how they handed him that paper? He says, Hey, uh, you know what? We've got the rights to this kingdom. So why don't you overlook this pedigree? The pedigree is the, the names, right? The descendants. Overlook this pedigree. You'll see that it's all in there. So what is he saying? He wants him to do what? Look it over. Everybody got that? What did he tell him to do? What does it say? Over. He says to look But he says overlook it. So I was like, yeah, why don't you overlook that? Because do we really even care about that? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So I love that he Shakespeare has them both in there. Will you look this over? Actually... Just overlook it. Who cares? <laughs> so, Act Two. Do we know the plot? What's the main plot? That's so many sheep people. That's awesome. Main plot: Henry taking over France. Subplot: The the drunken fools are going off to France, right? The drunken fools are going to follow 
And uh, do we know who the King of France is? Do we know who Henry is? Do we know uh, Bardolph pistol name? Yeah. We got we got the traitors, but they're dead. Dolphin. Like the dolphin. We got the dolphin. Are we got like are we ready? Oh yeah. We're we got the characters. We got the plot. We got the subplot. Are we ready? Okay. It's what we've been waiting for. Act three. Exactly right. What are we ready for? <laughs> if you fell asleep in Act two. What's happening? Hold the ordinance on their carriages. Come on, the don't. Escaping on burning half earth. Suppose the ambassador from the French comes back, tells Harry that the king does offer him Catherine, his daughter, and with her to dowry some petty and unprofitable The offer likes him not. And the nimble gunner with Linstock now, the devilish cannon touches, and down goes all before Act three, scene one, line one. Here we go. Bring it. We need a speech. <laughs> Once more unto the breach, dear friend. Once more, I'll close the war up with our English dead. Yeah, come on, how we doing? <laughs> Isn't this what we came to the theater for? That's a good pause, wasn't it, right there? Not too shabby. You gotta love that line. Once more to the breach, dear friends. Once more, or close the wall up with our English dead. To the breach! The huh? He's destroying Harfleur. <laughs> yeah. Wait, right. so. We good? The English won this, right? Yeah, they won. So, do they control France No. After that? Nope. Joan of Arc. She comes and kicks everybody back out. Uh. <laughs> right? Let's give it up for Joan. Come on. Yeah. Alright, so. There you go. But yeah, no, it's a good question. Actually. That's part of this. The irony here is uh, there'd be no French class if this if he won and they persisted. Although the irony is, if he had lost, would I have a job as an English teacher? <laughs> Maybe not, <laughs> right? So uh, the bell's about to ring. Great job today. Come back. We're gonna get our big speech of Act Three. If you've not read this play and looked for literary devices, what are you doing? For yeah, although you're finishing up your uh, your 12th night assignment, right? Yeah. Right. Do today, Monday. Get that done. Final deadline, Monday. Nice job today, you guys. Once more to the breach, dear friends. Once more. I love that overlook. So sneaky. I like what you said, cheeky. So good. <laughs>